Every business wants good customer reviews. Every customer wants a good experience. So what happens when both sides click? Or in some cases, when they don't? From Yelp and Entrepreneur Media, this is Behind the Review. Emily Washkovic, Yelp small business expert. Every episode, I pick one review on Yelp and talk to the entrepreneur and the reviewer about the story and business lessons behind their interactions. Let's see what's behind this week's review. I went to Uncommon Closet back in 2019 to get my wedding gown altered, but I had already known about Uncommon Closet because in Chicago, we had what was called a red eye. It was a newspaper and it was free and it, it had all kinds of general information about businesses and things like that and things happening in Chicago. And so I happened to see an article about Uncommon Closet. This was back in 2017. And so two years later, I said, okay, I'm going to go check them out. Let me, let me see. So that's how I ended up finding out about them and then going to them. Isn't it interesting how people can discover and remember a business? Maybe they don't need them when they first hear about them. But then when they have a need, that business pops into their head. When it comes to clothing alterations, weddings are a big deal. And well-fitting clothes that you feel great in can have a huge positive impact on your mood. So it's important to find the right place to get your tailoring done, especially for a special day. Yelp reviewer Yvette C. was in that exact situation when she first walked into Uncommon Closet in Chicago. From her initial visit through the tailoring process, she continued to be impressed. Here's her review. Fantastic service, very professional, and update you along the tailoring process. I had a wedding dress that needed to be hemmed up and taken in. The team made the necessary changes to my dress, and we decided that I didn't need one of the alterations originally corrected, so they didn't charge me the original price because they didn't need to do the work. I felt safe, comfortable, and the team really tried to understand and achieve my goal of making my wedding dress mine. This is an awesome review. It's nice and concise, but manages to include specifics about the experience and environment Uncommon Closet provides. Corey, who owns the shop, has consciously included those elements of safety and comfortability in their tailoring business since day one. I started this business because my fiance, she's a trans woman, so she's 6'2", 6'3", <laughs> and has broad shoulders. And so we were looking for dresses for her and just like every day we're not nothing special and we just couldn't find anything. There was nothing at the time that would like, there was some stuff that would kind of fit, but mostly if she wanted to wear feminine clothing, it had to be sleeveless and it was just really disheartening. And I, at the time, was working at another tailor shop in Chicago. And I was like, well, we can tailor stuff. But I didn't feel super great about bringing her or bringing any of my chosen family and friends to the shop. Like, it's not that the shop was openly unwelcoming, but... You notice when somebody like side eyes a client because they're a woman wanting to wear a men's suit. Like it just didn't, it wasn't the greatest of environments. So I was like, you know, I've, <laughs> in the, 
the most optimistic queer audacity way was like, I've been working at a tailor shop for five months. I went to grad school for costume technology. I'm going to just quit my job and start a business. (laughs) And unfortunately, around that time, my dad passed away. And so I had some disposable income from what I got from life insurance from him. And I was like, okay, we're going to take care of some life things with this money. And then we're going to use this towards opening a business. And I think he would be so proud with that because he was a businessman. He would have been so impressed. (laughs) And so I opened the shop in a little artist loft called Positive Space Studios. And the owners there were so wonderful to me. Corey's first shop opened in an 11 by 17 room, and they didn't even have the whole place to themselves. They shared it with someone so that the rent was cheap enough to manage. Luckily, the other person in the space was a fashion designer, so they agreed that building a huge cutting table and sharing the space was great for everyone. Slowly, Corey took over the entire space, hired some staff members, and even moved into their current location, which is about four times the size of the original space. Now they have a pretty sizable team, and they're relocating for a final time to a space that's another four times as big. That's a lot of change and expansion. Corey has really been through the total journey, from bootstrapping and really trying to make a small space work, all the way up to moving into their dream shop. Starting out small can mean you have to be ready to pivot, and even physically move as business evolves. But with that quick growth can bring too much too soon. It may require even more changes as you dial in that balance of growth and reasonable workload. Everybody says thinks that 2020 was the hard year for business. And sure, it was really hard. It was hard being closed for two months. It was really hard being away from my staff who truly, deeply are family to me. But it was 2021 um, was really the kicker for us. So things were slow in 2020. And so then in 2021, when weddings started happening again and business started picking up, we were like, we need to take everybody. And because I started the business in 2017, 2019 was like the first year that it really felt like a business. And so I didn't really have much experience with like running a tailor shop in normal workload capacity. And so then we had 2020 where everything's really slow and we're all like, Let's make a ton of masks and let's hope and pray. And then 2021 hits and it's like, oh, we need to take every client. We can't turn anybody down. Oh, dear God, now we're drowning. Like, it was really rough. I ended up losing some of my key employees, which was really hard. I upset a lot of people. And I will be honest about that. It was a really hard year. And on top of that, I had life things as well. And it was just, it all piled on. And I definitely was going through burnout. And there was just a point where I, A, coming to work, I like, like usually coming to work, I'm like, okay, I know I'm having a rough morning, but like coming to work, I'm going to feel really good because I love the people I'm with. And there were just days where I would dread it. After my assistant manager at the time quit, I was like, oh, oh, I really hacked up. And she made some suggestions in her resignation letter that I really took personally into heart. But it was like, okay, we are going to get a business advisor. We are going to turn this ship around. And we got it together. I got a business advisor and we were like planning out like 
what do we want an assistant for Corey to look like? Like, what what is that? What do we need them to be able to do? And really, like, narrow down who we needed to hire, what type of people we wanted. So I've been learning so much in the past six, seven months of, like, how to hire the proper staff and not just, like, panic hire. And how to better communicate what I need and, like, understand what my staff needs and really regulating the flow of work gotten a lot better at that. To transform a business into its best possible version, sometimes you have to be confronted with difficult situations, like a really great employee resigning. That can be the impetus for change that a business needs to keep the rest of its great staff and even add valuable members to the team. And part of successfully overcoming those situations requires a business owner being humble, knowing where they lack experience, where they could use some support, and where they need to improve. A little bit of my background, I started in theater. So pretty much everything that all my job experience is theater-based. So like I've had a lot of summer jobs. I've been in school and I've done like done that. But the only real adult job I had was my five months at that tailor shop. So like I haven't had a ton of experiences, even with having like, like I had bosses but I never had like your usual idea of a boss. It's been like a designer or a shop manager. Like, so I don't really have people to like look up to or like mentors. And so I've been learning as I go about like, okay, these type of people work really well with me. And these type of people, it's probably not gonna be the best fit. I've also been trying to work on properly training and making sure that we're all on the same page. So I joke that I'm like the baby boss. And until recently, I was the youngest person in the shop. (laughs) It's a little difficult to deal with just like emotionally. Like, I don't know, y'all, it's weird, not weird. It's hard being the youngest and being like, yes, I am in charge and I am experienced and I know what I'm doing. My team is incredible. And the fact that they are very understanding of like, okay, Corey doesn't quite understand it. Like, let's, let's talk through this and like, we'll figure this out. And has been just so flexible and willing to not like teach me to be a boss, but like to help guide me through all of this. And it's very much like I've created a team atmosphere here. I'm very clear about like, we don't struggle alone. And I'm very open of like, like, yes, when there is a hard boss type decision, I will, I'll go to my head tailor and I'll be like, Hey, what do I need to do? How do I word this properly? Like, how do I do this? I've also been working with a business advisor and that has been just fantastic. She's been wonderful to work with and has really turned my business around. Corey was learning on the fly and asking for help when they needed it. When you're in a leadership role, it can be scary to admit that you don't have all the answers. But showing that authentic and sometimes vulnerable side to your employees can also help shape a great team. Then you can create a working environment made up of individuals who have different strengths to balance out where you have your weaknesses. It's a form of investing in yourself and your business. Once you've developed a team made up of people who can play to their own strengths, but also act as a cohesive unit, the customer will take notice. Customer service is a big thing with me because I have my own business, so I know what's going on. And I know that it's, it shouldn't be difficult to slap a smile on your face, even if it's fake, to slap a smile on your face and make that customer feel like they've gotten a quality experience. 
but it's all genuine and uncommon closet. So a lot of it for me is the fact that, like I said, in about six months, I'm going to be right back up in there. You know, Corey, I got some dresses, let's go. And I, we're at a rapport now where, you know, I'm like, come on, let's like, let's go. <laughs> this, this, and this, that's all I need. And they can just do it. It's not a problem. But let's say you're brand new, you're going in and you're going specifically for Uncommon Classic, you're going in there. They will address all of your needs. And the first thing is really the moment you step in, you automatically can feel the warmth from the whole team. Doesn't matter who's there because there've been sometimes there's you know three people there sometimes there's two people there sometimes there's five people there, but all of them will always make you feel okay. They're gonna make sure I walk out of here and I look good. And there there aren't a lot of places I I feel like even in today that you know they'll they really are gonna give you that experience because you can't go into a department store and expect to come out looking fabulous. <laughs> We're gonna take a quick break. Be right back. Are you a small business owner? Did you know that Visa's online small business hub has tools, discounts, and resources to help you run your business? So whether you're a business beginner or an entrepreneurial expert, find the solutions, tools, and tips you need to help take your business to the next level. Plus, if you have a Visa business credit or debit card, you can get access to cardholder benefits like Visa Savings Edge, a savings program which can help you save on everyday business expenses like office essentials, travel, and more. When you enroll your Visa business card in Visa Savings Edge, you'll have access to valuable offers which can help turn qualifying business purchases made with your enrolled Visa business card into savings for your business. Learn more at visa.com slash small business hub. Once again, that's visa.com slash small business hub visa a network working for everyone and our next sponsor this podcast is brought to you by state farm being a small business owner can be so fulfilling rewarding and let's be honest a little scary from time to time doing your own thing and being your own boss is great but sometimes it can make you feel like you are all alone especially when things aren't going great. Well, the folks at State Farm want you to know that you aren't alone. State Farm has thousands of agents who are small business owners too, so they know what it takes to protect everything you've worked so hard for. State Farm has an assortment of insurance policies for small businesses that can be tailored to your needs. So whether you're a hairstylist, an electrician, or a florist, State Farm agents are ready to help. Learn more and find an agent today at statefarm.com forward slash small business. Again, that's statefarm.com forward slash small business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Yvette discovered Uncommon Closet through the newspaper, but name recognition only gets a business so far, especially when it comes to something as important as a tailor for a wedding dress. A business proclaiming that they will work with and respect each person who walks in the door can be a huge way to stand out to a consumer. They're definitely queer friendly. So to have something that's not necessarily in Boys Town, in Andersonville, that to me, they're in a location that, you know, the people in the area probably really don't care. I could be wrong, but that having that also, let me say, there aren't a lot of queer friendly uh, tailors, alteration places, things like that. So also when I saw that article so in my business, I do massage therapy full time. I have a lot of queer clients that come in of all, you know, all walks. And I wanted to check Uncommon Closet because I also wanted to make sure, do I have a, a new recommendation so that when my clients are saying, telling me, 
oh man, I really, you know, want to go to a place that it's not going to judge me because I want to get these skirts hemmed or something. Now I have a place to send them. Now I know, okay, they can go, Corey and their team, they're going to take care of them and make sure everything's okay. We've seen a real shift in consumers consciously spending and really thinking about where their dollars go. It's worthwhile to make it known that your business is an inclusive place that's for everyone. And at Uncommon Closet, that extends to the store's physical space. One of my employees has mentioned to me, like, now that we're gearing up to move again, she actually helped me with the move the first time is originally I had this idea that I wanted it to be like mostly black and white and super classy with like hints of rainbow. And then as soon as we like actually started moving in and it slowly went from like the black and white bits of rainbow that my mom envisioned to, oh, there's rainbows everywhere and they're not going away. (laughs) So... Definitely. We will be keeping, we will be doing up our big rainbow storefront. We are actually going to have a sign that's super visible from the street right now. It it is a little hard to see from the street and make the connection like, oh, this is the tailor shop, but we're going to have a sign and it's going to be just as obnoxious. I like being really upfront with who we are. I've found like trying to be low key and under the radar is cute, but For as much as there is always that like underlying fear of somebody is going to spray paint my windows, somebody is going to like try to do something to the shop. I would much rather be very loud and intentional about about being queer, about this is a queer space. This is a safe space that is very important to me um, because it shows my clients that they can be who they want to be when they walk in the shop. It also shows people right off the bat, like, like if we ain't going to get along, we ain't going to get along. And that's okay. If you can't understand that we're a queer and open space, then you have other tailors you can go to. This space isn't for you. And I'm not trying to make this space for you. And not to say that I like we tailor for literally everybody. You just can't be rude. That's what it is. Like that's, this is who we are. We're very open about it. But yeah, I joke that like our rainbow storefront is like the vibe detector check. Like if you've gotten this far, like you're probably pretty okay. <laughs> Providing a safe space goes a long way for the customer experience. In the case of Uncommon Closet, this has led to an entire LGBTQ subset of their customer base who feels comfortable in the store and enthusiastic about supporting the business for that reason. But there are also Uncommon Classic customers who have less wide-ranging experience with the LGBTQ community. Maybe they personally don't know anyone who uses they-them pronouns. Or maybe they've never met a trans woman, like Corey's partner before. In the cases of these customers, entering Uncommon Closet can become an educational opportunity. Yeah, so I am very much a teacher in that, like, I try to keep an open mind. I know that not everybody is out there to disrespect me. And not to say that anybody who doesn't have the energy to teach about their pronouns or about their gender is wrong because that's a whole lot of energy. But I will always try to teach. I will say that I'm not always the best at correcting people when they misgender me just because there's sometimes where I'm like, I don't have the energy for this. Or there's also like, okay, I'm going to see you maybe one other time and I think I'm okay. But I do try to educate. And if people ask, I'll always talk to them about it. It's something that is really important. When we do intakes for clients, everybody gets asked what their pronouns are. And 
sometimes I get I get a range of responses of like either just answering and being like, oh my gosh, thank you, to what are you talking about? What do you mean? Or sometimes I get like, I don't know, I guess she, her, or like, like they just don't like women pronouns. And I'm like, you know what? It's okay. <laughs> we're we're normalizing this. And it goes beyond normalizing the experience of being asked your pronouns. Sometimes it's an opportunity to make a customer feel seen. One thing that like really makes me feel good about asking everybody is that, sure, if we're going to have some people who are negative about it, that's just a quick vibe check. But there are people like I had a client the other day call in and they got so excited that I asked them. They were like, oh my gosh, I use they, them. I'm so happy you asked. Nobody ever asked. And like, yes, I ask people to normalize it, but those are the people that I'm really asking for. I'm asking to like make it so that people know right off the bat, like this is this is the place where I belong, where I will be safe. And that's really cool for me. It's a great example of communicating with your customers, making them feel like a whole human being, not just another number or transaction to you as the business owner. Another way to keep that communication flowing is responding to reviews. With Yelp reviews, they're the reviews I always read because I get a little notification. I get notifications for Yelp and the not. And so I'll always read those. And for the most part, they are always five star, which is just incredible. And we're actually, we've been putting together a little like book of good reviews, just both as like a, hey, clients, that when you're like waiting around, here's this cool book you can look at. But also, hey, Corey, you're having a bad day, read this. So those are always really nice. It makes me really happy because I know most people don't review. But it means that those people had such a stellar experience that they felt the need to tell strangers how cool we are. And that that just makes my day. We have had a handful of one-star reviews, which is always like an absolute day ruiner. But... I've learned that you can't make everybody happy. And sometimes it truly is out my fault. And I will own up to that. But you can't make everybody happy. You're not always going to get along with everybody. And sometimes things just happen where maybe we just didn't do something the right way. Or I made the mistake of overestimating one of my employees' skills at the time. And looking back, it's like, oh gosh, yeah, we were super busy. And I didn't take the time I really could have to really look over this client and make sure that things were okay. I think the hardest is when the client leaves and seems happy. And then I get a one-star review and it's like, oh, we could have talked about this. But I always try to like make it right. I will always respond. I try to respond to every review, but I will always respond to negative reviews because the thing is, that's how you grow. And that's how I like learn like, okay, we hacked up here. Let's fix this. And also people who are looking at reviews, they're going to look at your negative reviews. And if you're not responding to those negative reviews, then it's clear that you do not care. And not only do reviewers take note of when they get replies, they're also savvy enough to know when they're getting a canned response. I think I have quite a few reviews on Yelp and out of all of that, maybe 10% reply. And that's for good and bad. So I've gotten replies from my bad reviews too, for obvious reasons, you know, it's like, we don't want, <laughs> but 
But when I write the good reviews, it's usually just a standard thank you. Corey actually put a little bit more in showing gratitude and appreciation versus, you know, thank you for your nice review. We hope that you refer someone to us. They took the time and they were like, you know, thank you for that review. It's really going to help us out. Can't wait to see you. So that was nice to get a little bit more. And that concludes our episode. Be sure to subscribe so you get new episodes every Thursday. I hope you enjoyed it and were able to take a thing or two away to implement in your own life. Whether it's a new idea that you can bring back to your business or a fresh perspective on how to be a positive influence as a consumer, we share these stories to inspire and create more meaningful connections in your local community. For more information about today's business or to connect with me, check out the show notes. This episode featured a conversation with Corey, the owner of Uncommon Closet, and Yvette C., a reviewer living in Chicago. Special thanks to Meredith Danko, who helped write this episode. To learn more about the story, check out the blog post. And don't forget to subscribe so you get an alert each Thursday when a new episode comes out. To claim your own Yelp business page and start engaging with consumers, visit business.yelp.com. Our theme song is performed by Ali Schwartz, and produced by Robbie G. of Messerol Sound. The show was produced and edited by Entrepreneur Media.